Love is Life Energy is a podcast created by Anna Scott. Anna knows that every human being sees life uniquely. In this podcast, she will talk to people and learn from them. These conversations are to shine the brilliance of each human being she speaks to. Join her. After each exploration, you will expand on your insights and see truth and beauty. Good morning and good afternoon, and welcome to my podcast, My Love of Life Energy. And today, I am, I am, oh God, I can't even speak. I'm so honored and so touched today to have my niece, Lindsay Scott, on my podcast. And Lindsay is like no other. She's my soul. She's my sister. We come in together, like we find home, and she is the most beautiful soul. And I'm just so honored to have you here. It's it's almost like a a dream come true, so thank you so much for being here. Lindsay is a singer, a song leader, and an activist, and is the most beautiful combination and unique true expression of the divine feminine. So with that, welcome, Lindsay. I'm so happy to be here with you. Thank you, Anna. Oh, I wanted to have you on here because, one, I love you beyond belief, but two, is your music is not like anything I've ever heard, and when I hear it, oh, it feels something in me, and I'm just so curious if you could talk about your music and as a songwriter and activist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I grew up singing. Um, the song in my household was an expression of, of devotion. So that was like encoded in me early on. Um, my mom played the piano at our church, and at night she would sing her heart songs. That was her way of unwinding, and it created a field of peace and improvisation in our home. And it was just true for me that music is our birthright, that music is a expression of our heart. And that music is for play. It's not for performance. It's for connection. And so that planted a deep seed in me, um, which, you know, was alive in my, in my upbringing in the context of the church. And then when I left that context in my 20s, that impulse kind of went underground. In my 20s, I was a, an, an artist around St. Louis, and we would just, you know, sing in basement shows for the fun of it. And it came right in its own time, actually, do when I encountered the community singing movement. Um, in 2013, I met my beloved mentor friend, Liz Rod, who started a singing festival in Iowa called Village Fire, where people come together, much like all of our ancestors did, around fire to tell story, to drum, to sing, to play, to pray. And the first time that I drift into song in that context. In that context, you teach through call and echo. So you share a line, and the community sings it back to you. And I sang just a, a tiny little song that I sang for myself. My studio in St. Louis was in a warehouse up four flights of stairs. It was dark, and I just caught this little protection sign so that I could walk up the stairs in the dark feeling safe. And I sang the first line, Love's own way. And the whole community sang back, Love's own way. 
burst into tears walking inside because my soul recognized a piece that's mine that had been lost, which is of community witness and of the sum of our parts being so much larger than we are. And, and that village witness of being in a circle that maybe you know all of our ancestors knew that if you come into the world and there's 40 pairs of eyes loving you, watching you, pushing you into the thing that you're here to be, like Francis Geller said. And so the music that I kept and carry is in this tradition of, of oral Polynesia teaching. So all the songs are very simple. And the songs are meant to be sung by all voices, you know, reclaiming music from an industry that puts people on stage, that all beings, all beings have the right to make music, and that singing is a way that our souls work things out. It's a way of keeping our minds where we want our minds to go. So I'm really, like Saint, I think Saint Augustine says, she who sings plays twice. There's a particular power when you engage a thought with our vocal cords, with our, our frequency, our wavelength behind it. That thought has quite a lot of power to go and do work inside, but also within us. Thank you for that answer. When you said song is fit for play, not for performance, mm. say more about that. Song is a, it's like a friend, you know, when I'm washing dishes and just like, it's like whistle while you work. Song is, it's like a friend. Like my mom actually, when, we, when she was potty training us, she sang this little ditty, I'm out here to be and come out. <laughs> we would just like, so, so from the time we were little, song is just something you do while you're doing life. Um, and in that, I was never... I never had like fear around using my voice or the thought that my voice needed to sound a certain way to be appreciated or welcome. And so many of us um, have some level of vocal trauma, whether it was like the music teacher being like, don't sing so loud or, or whatever we had given to us around like the quality or the welcome of our voice. So many people, when they come to a community song circle, they're like, oh, I love to sing, but everybody tells me to shut up. Or I love to sing, but only in the car or the shower. But there's a certain, um, like scientifically, people have studied that our heartbeats actually sync up when we sing together. So there's a way of creating a field of resonance and being embodied that comes very naturally and quite easily through singing together that my teacher and mentor, Lawrence Cole, calls a, a technology of belonging. Mm -hmm. Songs primes us to be with each other and for each other in a particular way. I'm so moved right now because I was one of those trauma ones. Your, your grandmother, my mother, would say to me, don't sing. Your voice is forever. Wow. Yeah. We love you, Grandma Shirley. Why you do that? <laughs> Innocently. Innocently. Right. Hmm. And so you, you carry the song in the circles and you lead circles. Can you speak about that? with the song circles, because you're about to go on a journey to the East Coast. Yeah, this summer I decided just to dedicate myself fully to learning this, learning and practicing this technology, just giving myself a whole lot of reps. So I was just on the West Coast for two months, and I'm about to go on the East Coast with my dear friend, Selena Mina. And just as song is a technology that's old and familiar, and we all remember some way of a fidgety 
circle is the same way. When you're in a circle shape, there's a, uh, a container for, um, I think, mutual discovery that's different than the stage audience paradigm. Um, and I really love playing with this with your beam together. And so when we circle together, we, you know, we, we slow down, we drop into our bodies, um, we learn new songs, and it's a way of collectively aiming our, our consciousness towards certain tones or certain themes. Can you tell me about an experience like how, when I, 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 it's like you're, you're speaking right now, I can feel my body go, oh my God, I remember this, and it's so foreign at the same time, like, because I just see the stage performer and I'm in the audience, mm -hmm. and it's just completely different. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell the story of, of one of my dearest songs and one of my best known songs, it's called The Way No Fail. I had uh, jotted down in my journal an, an unattributed or anonymous quote that I had caught in one of Tasha Silver's books, and I just jotted down in my journal, you don't have to know the way, the way no fail. And it was really a guiding principle for me. I was um, holding the, the threshold of my cranius dorsal. And as a person with a womb who hasn't birthed a child into this world, I was really holding the inquiry and the ache of how I want to mother in this lifetime. And I was really met by those ways that I can hold the, the nature that I am, the love that I am, the mother that I am, without yet knowing how that will manifest in this lifetime. And one of my favorite ways to be in inquiry is to um, go ride my bike. I live here in the Midwest, and it's really flat. And so you can get a lot of miles in one day, and I'll ride for weeks or months at a time. And for my 40th birthday, I was giving myself the summer to bike. I called it a womb womb bike about. And the first day I set out, a lot of times when I catch songs is on my bicycle. And so the first day when I set out, the song, as I'm biking, you know, you can hear the rhythm of the pedals, and the song just dropped into my spirit. You don't have to know the way, the way no fail. You don't have to plan the way, pack the way, clean your way, the way no, the way no, the way no. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a workhorse. That song came here to do some things. And so that song for a while just worked me. And then I was out with the teenagers at this village fire festival. They, they leave the community for an overnight to have an adventure by themselves and then come back to the community and are welcomed back. It's a really beautiful project. And so that night we were camping and I was um, cleaning the fire pit for the teen gathering that night and just clearing the space and making beauty flowers and mandala and there was a teenager who came with me Josephine and we were making this space together and I started singing that song out loud and she caught it with me and sang it with me so we decided to open that the circle that night with that song and what unfolded was the most beautiful extemporaneous heart song from the teenagers of songs from the corners of their hearts and their fears and their joys and so much laughter and so much connection and so we gathered that up and we brought it back to the community and the village fire community opens the circle the next night for the teenagers to step in the center 
and share what came through them. And so we all sang the song to the community and it caught like wildfire because it really touched a need in so many of our hearts. We're being dismantled. We know we want to change the systems that are structured around us. And yet oftentimes it feels so daunting to know where to begin. And so that song really met a collective with, um, with that grace of trust and surrendering to the mystery. And then from our circle, Village Fire, that song caught and really spread around the world. This is a very um, oral tradition um, movement. And so people will carry a song from one circle to the next circle. And it's been wild to you know hear people in, in the UK or in Africa singing this song. But it really, it's almost like it's so... Um, as if, you know, the Venn diagrams are all overlapping, the same, the, th the threads that we're all working in the circles and the communities where we are. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Um, I, um, I'm having a hard time right now because I'm so touched mm. by what you're sharing. Mm. And how does the, um, on the strings of this music that's sung, I also see the activism in it. And can you speak to that? It's like part of the beads that gets, like the song, the song, the song leader hit, but there's an activist part. And can you speak to that? Sure. When we bring a song into a circle, we'll, all, we'll often tell the story of the song, whether it's a song that we've taught personally or if I share my dear friend's songs to the best of my ability, I'll share a little bit about their life and their circumstances and the story that was the soil that they really called the song into. And so there's a way that when we're leading a circle, we can ask the attention and the, and the consciousness and the resources of the circle to be aimed in the directions that we care about. Um, I was just in a, a gathering in Washington State with my dear friend Ale Blakey, who has dreamed and called in an entire album of collective songs for grieving together. And so 220 people were pouring their voices and their hearts and their resources into this prayer that we're remembering how to grieve together. We're remembering how to slow down. We're remembering how to send this energy backwards to the broken places in our lineages so that that pain can also ripple to the solar generations. And my particular prayer right now is very aimed at the vision of abolition of the prison industrial complex. And so I've been able to share about that and speak with every circle that I'm part of, um, bringing a song forward called Over Under, which is a song that I just wrote with my, my dear friend, the incarcerated musician Anthony Rod, who's incarcerated in Newton Correctional Facility in Iowa. And we were introduced to each other by the vision of Professor Mary Cohen at University of Iowa, who has a tremendous heart for bringing the resource of music to our incarcerated families. And she ran a choir for years inside that was half incarcerated singers and half singers from the outside that were invited to come in and sing together in real life um, and make a beautiful big sound and for their, con for their choir concerts, their families would be invited to come. And so for over years, she visioned and created uh, a very active 
community of love such that when, when these incarcerated musicians would be released and be returning citizens, they could build community with the family that they had begun to build inside. And like so many programs, this program was canceled during, during the pandemic and has not been allowed to begin again. And so in that heartbreak and in the commitment to the vision, Professor Mary Cohen has introduced uh, music from Dot House with musicians inside to be about collaborating. And when we collaborate, it's not, it's not um, as easy as uh, you know, just sitting down and jamming together. It's quite a leap to collaborate with someone inside. We have to get added to a particular email system and from that build trust through correspondence and then from that build trust enough to have phone calls. And so in this process, um, Tony and I got to share more of our backstories and find that the particular design of our collaboration was much bigger than creating a song together. It was about holding the, the crime that he, had, that he had committed, which also matches a harm that I received. And so in holding our journey, we also stepped into the prayer of radical forgiveness and holding the trauma patterns in his life that led to his error and the trauma that ensued from my receiving of that violence. And we are stepping into a prayer that really feels larger than anything I've experienced around reconciliation. And so when I get to bring the song over under into a circle, I get to bring the energy of the work that he and I have done and are continuing to do around radical forgiveness. And we get to speak about the complexity. You know, the prayer for abolition is not naive in my spirit. And I get to relate to other people and the complexity in their lives that comes up when we start to hold these visions that are, that are so much larger than we are. So the way that I hold activism is much less from a political or policy level and much more about the energetic underpinnings of each of our particular soul work in this lifetime and the intersections that we find as we dig deeper. What I, what I hear is um, the radical forgiveness in what you just said is to be with the humanity that that occurs and being present with it and not talk about it, but experience it and then forgive. is the end, so is the hour. As above, so below. As each of us say yes to the work that is uniquely ours to do in this lifetime, the systems around us cannot tell us that distance will make us the changes it takes to make. <laughs> and you just said, if, if we really listen to what's in our heart, what you just said, if we do what's in our heart, what's true for us, then we're each unique. And we don't fall into Sing. 
we can see each other, which is such a gift because so often we see according to our fear or we see according to the trauma from our history. And as we open to the miracle of love, we can see each other, which is such a gift. Do you want to share your song? Which is important. I'll share that the the words over and under um, come from they come from a shamanic journey that I was guided on, and in this journey, I experienced um, an energy of light and love moving over the barbed wire fence and under the barbed wire fence. And I experienced that as the care and the reach of outsiders reaching for humanity and the stories and the fullness of, of our ancestors and families. And I experienced that as the wisdom, the hard-gained wisdom of our incarcerated family who is keeping mm-hmm. their soul alive at quite great cost, at quite great commitment. To stay alive inside requires a very strong spirit. And to receive from that teaching into our hearts and then over and under again, continuing that reach over, receiving under, over and under. And in the vision, the energy moved at an increasing intensity and weight over and under the barbed wire fence until it zipped out the fence, much like you would zip off a bandage. And so that for me has become the energetic frame of my prayer for abolition, that I continue reaching for my incarcerated family and I continue to receive and care about their wisdom by reading their books, by sending resources inside. And the song sparked when uh, Tony brought his guitar, he's a guitarist, and he brought his guitar to the phone and I recorded the riff, which you can hear if you listen to the recording of the song, you can also hear his voice. Um, and then you'll also hear my voice joined by a community choir sharing that prayer. So I'll share the prayer here. Awareness 
I think we all have different antennae that are essentially um, given to various things that we're sort of obsessed with um, and the wound of incarceration is this cycle of suffering um, so to step into pain today and holding today and grieving today it's in recognition of of so much more I think that suggests as a juror what I've discovered for myself is what I'm willing to feel all of the pain, all of it, I end up back in the love.
I can't thank you enough so much for spending all day with me. Thank you. I love you, sweetie.